0: Welcome to the Unite Church podcast. For more information about Unite Church, visit UniteChurchAK.org. Now, enjoy this message from Reed Anderson. Oh, how we doing this morning? Unite Church, isn't that awesome to say? I'm excited. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about our direction and our history. Our history is so rich and so amazing. Last week was so powerful to me. I hope it was for you guys as well. To see our founders coming together and really blessing their direction and where we're headed. And so we are Unite Church. We're together. And I love that it's in this series on We're Better Together, right? We launch it when we're better together because we have to understand the principle behind this that we actually need each other. And we're better when we're together. Okay, like four people responded. Come on, we. we just need to get to know this and understand this, that actually when we look to the left and to the right and the people around us, we actually need each other. We're, we're made for one another. We're made for relationship with God, but also relationship with each other, right? And if we didn't have one another together, we would just be going on a walk with Jesus, which would be awesome too. But when we actually want to make an impact in this city, when we want to make an impact in this state. An impact really in the kingdom. We need each other really to gather together and say, you know what? I'm united with you, and you're with me, and I'm in this with you together. And when you struggle, I struggle. But I'm not going to leave you when you're struggling. I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to be by your side, and I'm going to help you in this journey together. So today, I get to talk on the subject of friends are the family you choose for yourself. Friends are the family you choose for yourself. So. Choose your friends wisely. <laughs> so they're going to be with you for the long haul, right? But they are family. And see, when we don't see relationship or friendship as family too, then it's easy for us to cut ties. Right? Because you're stuck with your family, right? As l- as much as you love your family or don't, like, they're still your family. You can't just leave and be like, nope, I'm not your brother anymore. Oh, you still are. You're just distant. But we should should see relationship in the same vein that, We are better when we're together, and we need each other to be next to each other, and they are family, and we got to choose our family rights. We need to choose relationship well and have people around you that actually love you, that actually believe in you, that want to see your future grow. They want to see God's purpose in your life coming into fruition. You want people around you that are cheering you on and saying, you got this. I believe in you, and when you're struggling and you're hurting and you're in pain, they're down there with you, and they say, hey. You know, I'm with you. I might not be able to do this for you, but I'm next to you. In the process with you. Let's jump into Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. It says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other one can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. That's like one of my fears in life right be stuck that movie was 72 hours or some amount of hours with a guy's arm stuck in the rock, and nobody's with him, and he has to cut his arm. I'm like, "How terrible is that you don't want to fall when you're alone? You want people alongside of you that are going to help you when you are in trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep warm, and all the husbands said, "Amen." Yes. Hallelujah. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two standing back to back can conquer. And three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are so good in our lives. God, we thank you that you are with us today, that you sent the Holy Spirit to live inside of us and to draw us near to you. God, help us to draw near to one another today. God, as as we dive into your word and understand how to do relationship better, God, I pray that you would just communicate to our hearts directly and help us to see your love for relationship and how we need each other today. In Jesus' name, amen. So we need relationship. Why do we need relationship? Well, this scripture kind of paints a bit of a picture for us, that we need each other, that when we're struggling, Right one person alone can be attacked and defeated. We got to think that we have a real enemy out there that wants to attack you and wants to defeat you. And the best way he can do that is by separating you from other people. If he gets in the in between your relationships, he's okay. He's happy. He's satisfied. If he can keep you distant from other people, he's winning. But when you have somebody that has your back and is next to you and we're pursuing Jesus together and we have people on our sides in our journey with us, the enemy has no room to come in between us. But when we allow him, when we isolate ourselves from others, when we're hurt, when we're offended, when we're mad, when we're discouraged, and we just start to push people aside, we are giving the enemy room to come in and defeat us. So we got to see that we have a real enemy and that's one of the reasons why we need relationship but we also need relationship because this man named jesus modeled this for us now jesus when he came to earth he was fully god but he was also fully man and in his humanity he needed people now this is hard for us maybe sometimes to understand that jesus needed something because he's god but he also came as man So if he would have just came as God and came down and like, everybody, I'm God, worship me, come follow me, I'm going to go to the cross, I'm going to raise again, don't worry, I'm coming back, and then I'm going to bring you into heaven. He could have done it that way, but he didn't because he chose to be completely human so that we would see that we have a God who understands us, a God who can lead us, that we can follow after his example completely, and even in our relationships, we can follow after the example that Christ gave So when Jesus came, he came and he drew people near to him, right? We see that he reached thousands of people. He would reach the masses, and he would try to touch every life and impact every person. But then he had his closer circles. He had layers of relationship. We see the 72 that he had that were closer that would follow him consistently, But then we also see the 12 disciples that he handpicked, that drew near to him, and he kept all of them the entire time he led. But then we see he even had a deeper connection with three people, Peter, James, and John. Those were like his core people, the ones that really knew him, that really had his back, that knew his good days and his bad days, when he was tired, when he was hungry, maybe a little hangry sometimes. They were with him in the process. They knew him and he knew them and they were together in it. Jesus modeled relationship and he modeled it perfectly. And we're called to follow the same example in our relationship that Jesus did in his. So how was he able to draw all these people in and keep them near and live life with 12 people that these were not perfect people, by the way? Right? He just went and picked some young kids to come and follow him, right? Not the ones that were perfect in the law, not the ones that went to Bible school, not the ones that were well-trained and well-equipped. Like He grabbed Peter. He's like, Peter, you come with me. He drew people close to him that followed him. Yet how did he stay in relationship with God the whole time? And I believe there is something that each one of us need to really understand, that God has a full purpose and a full plan for our lives. And in that full purpose, in order to really reach our full potential in Christ, there's two main things that we need to do is first, we need to be connected to Jesus. If we don't have a strong relationship with Jesus, if you don't have a strong relationship with the planner, how are you going to know the plan? If you don't know Jesus so intimately that you know the thoughts he has for you, then how are we going to follow and reach the destiny or the potential that he has for us? So we have to first press into Jesus. But then we also need one another. And Jesus is modeling this. He first had connection to the Father. He says, I only do what the Father tells me to do. That was first. Took him 30 years before he started doing his ministry because he was having that connection with the Father. I need to know the Father. I need to know everything about him and, and press into my relationship with him so that I will never waver. I will never go back and forth. So first, his connection was to the Father. And then he began to draw people close to him. And as he pursued the Father, they would pursue him together. And this was the relationship that he set forward and the example that he's giving us to do the same thing. That first, we connect our spirit and our heart with Jesus. He leads our path. But then we began to build other people and bring other people into relationship with us. I have an example here I want us to use. Pastor Josh is going to come on up here. Let's give Pastor Josh a round of applause here. And so we're going to have two more people come in here. This is David and this is Mariah. All right, so we have people on each end of the rope here. And this is how relationship should be and how we should be modeling relationship in our life, that we are connected one person to another person. This is our relationship, right? And the way that Jesus led it first was he didn't just have relationship with the person, but first he had God the Father in the middle. He is, this is God the Father for now. Okay, so when God is in center Of each of our relationships, when God starts to lead, we start to follow. Now look at, hold on just one second. Look at the distance in relationship right here, right? The rope is as tight as it can be, yet there's still distance in relationship and connection. But when we center our lives on Christ Jesus and he begins to walk and we begin to follow, let's see what happens here. Look how they come close together, See, this is the way Jesus modeled it is I'm following the Father. You come and follow me. Right? So he's on one end of the rope. We'll say Mariah's Jesus in this example. And uh, David's Peter. He's a fun one to draw in, right? When he said, My relationship first is the Father, and I am pursuing the Father, then every time he would draw somebody in, they would also be following the following the Father with him. And look at this. Look how close together they are. See, when we connect our relationship in our heart first to Jesus and then we invite people into relationship with us, he draws us near. We follow him, he pulls, and then we come closer. But if we don't do this in our relationship and they go back and it's just the two of them and now it's more about my needs and your needs. Right, And I'm trying to get what I need out of this relationship. And I say, you know, I need you to be there for me. And this is a good example because they're in marriage, right? I need you to be there for me. I need you to say sweet things to me. I need you to acknowledge that I'm here. I need you to tell me that I'm beautiful. Right? David says this to Mariah all the time. But when our needs aren't getting met, what ends up happening is we start battling back and forth. And now it becomes more of a tug of war. Who's going to win in this? Right? Look at David getting ready. This is how we can approach relationship. Now, if you have something against me, now I'm defending myself. Now I'm pulling back. Now I'm trying to get the most out of the relationship that I can. And now it's me versus you rather than me and you pursuing Jesus together as one. It's a battle. And we do this so often in our relationship. We say, you know what? I'm tethered to Jesus. But in my relationship, it's us. And we don't bring him into the center. You can see the difference in your marriage when Jesus is leading compared to when you take him off. Right? I know I can. I'm quick to get angry. I'm quick to point fingers, quick to blame, quick to defend. But when I'm allowing Jesus to really take center stage of each of my relationships, I start to follow after him, and he begins to pull me closer in each relationship that I have. If I'm pursuing Jesus wholeheartedly, and then my wife says something that maybe would have offended me at one point. She never does this, but let's just pretend. If I'm pursuing Jesus in my relationship with him, and it's strong, it's easier for me to be like, quick to forgive, quick to release, But if I'm more insecure in who I am, then I want you to define me. I want you to tell me sweet things. I want you to be there for me always. See, Jesus was codependent, but on one person, and that was God the Father. Jesus was dependent on him. That's why he said, I'm only going to do what the Father tells me to do. He was dependent on the Father. We have to be codependent, but not on each other. Because if I'm looking for you to give me my identity and strengthen me, then it's going to be good some days, it's going to be bad others, and then we're just fighting back and forth, back and forth. But if my identity is always rooted in Jesus first, then I am strong, I am secure, and I'm ready to bring a strong and secure person into this relationship. Now I want you to look for a second. When we start pulling back and forth, hold on, God. (laughs) Sit down for just a second, thank you. If it's just us and we're battling back and forth, look what happens when somebody lets go. Now we have two people that are alone and one person that has a rope and we all have a need inside of us, right? A need to belong, a need to be connected. And if we miss that person, then we're looking for somebody else now to take the other end of the rope. And so then we go from relationship to relationship trying to do this, and then we do the same thing. And it's pulling back and forth and pulling back and forth until somebody gives up and cuts ties like I'm done with this. I can't keep being hurt. I can't keep you disappointing me. So then we let go again. But I want you to see for a second. Now you guys hold the rope again together. Now if this happens and then here we go. Now Jesus, he just turned into Jesus. Jesus is now sinner. If somebody lets go, look what happens. He's still connected to the Father. His identity is still secure. He is anchored to Jesus and not to a person. You guys did amazing. You guys can go ahead and be seated. I might draw you back in in a minute. But when we first secure our identity in Christ, he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Nothing we can do can separate us from the Father. I want us to look at this, Romans 8:38. For I am convinced, this is Paul talking, that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height or depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing you can do can separate you from him. But we can pull our connection away from God and then just be connected to each other and then we are struggling with understanding who we truly are. And then we waver back and forth. But really what we need to fulfill our purpose in life, his plan for you, his passion for you, is we have to be anchored to Jesus and anchored to other people, that we draw people in in relationship. You need other people. It's not just about you and Jesus. It's a big part of it, and you need to be connected to Jesus. And that's why Jesus took so much time first connecting with the Father before he started drawing people in, because he needed to be secure. So when we first find our security in him, then we begin to draw people in. And we're drawing real people in. You're not drawing imperfect people. That's the hard thing in life. We're all Christians but humans. And we all make mistakes. And we all have big problems and big issues. And we all see life differently. And you're not always going to agree on everything. Right? This scripture in in Ecclesiastes talks about standing back to back. Not standing face to face and seeing eye to eye. You're not always going to see eye to eye with the people around you. But one thing that we can do in relationship is say, you know what? I am committed to this relationship, and what I'm going to do and what I'm going to commit to do is I'm going to stay and hold on. There's some key principles that we need to take of the way that Jesus led for keeping and having godly relationships, and that's the first one, is that we never let go of the rope. We never let go. We never let go of connection to Jesus first and connection to other people. We know that it's going to be a bumpy ride. And when two people are next to each other, they bump into each other. And I, I know some of you. And each one of us has our differences and our little quirks and our personalities are different, right? And some people just kind of rub, rub you the wrong way because their personality is a little bit stronger, or a little more passive. And we tend in relationship to be like, ah, I feel like you're a little too much for me. Or I don't know that I'm enough for you. And then we let differences come in between us and separate us. And this is why as a body so often we go from church to church. Because we are looking for somebody to complete all of our needs and fill all of our needs. You need Jesus to complete your need, but you need people around you that are going to be with you in the long haul. See, Jesus drew 12 disciples and kept those 12 disciples. He didn't ditch them and go find another 12. He stayed with them in the process. We are Unite Church. We're better when we're together. And when we come together and when we link arms and we say, I'm never letting go of this rope no matter what, we can do some real Amazing things for God and for the kingdom. And we start to see what Jesus was so passionate about when he's praying and some of his last words when he's praying to the Father and he's saying, help them to be one as we are one. Help them to be united. Help them to learn that they're better when they're together. Help them to never let go of the rope. Ephesians 4.2 says, always be humble and gentle. Not like some of the time, but always. Always be humble and always be gentle. This is probably a word for Peter. Be gentle, Peter. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. We need to let other people make mistakes around us. We need to let other people fail around us and not say, In your mistake, I'm putting separation in here because you weren't enough or you're disappointed. You disappointed me, or you don't smell good enough, and I can't keep you close to me. We allow all kinds of things to come in between us and our relationships, rather than making allowance for each other's mistakes. See, Jesus called 12 imperfect people to come and follow him, and there were so many times where he could have been like, dude, I got to find somebody else, but he didn't. He stayed with them because he knew they were in a journey. And he was in a journey with them. And he was taking them towards the Father, and he was not going to let go. No matter how bad it got, no matter how many mistakes they made, no matter how many times they fell short, he said, no, no, I'm staying with you in the process. Now, there is somebody that he picked to be with him the whole time, and his name is Judas. And we all know the story with Judas. And we also all know that Jesus was God. So Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him. He knew it from the beginning, yet he still called him. And he called him to be close in his 12. There's going to be people in our lives that will betray us in some way, will disappoint us in some way. But what we do in that disappointment is key. I want us to look at what Jesus does. In Matthew 26, verse 50, now Judas had just betrayed Jesus. He was coming up, giving him a kiss to say this is the guy. And this is how Jesus talks to him. He says, My friend, go ahead and do what you've come for. My friend is the way that he greeted him. Never let go. Never separated. Never said, no, dude, backstabber. Like, all of us would have been like that. Are you kidding me? Back off. Don't kiss me. Don't touch me. Don't look at me. Go. I'll walk myself over there. But Jesus doesn't let go in relationship. He says, my friend. He still loved him. He still held on. This is what we're called to, is to never let go of our end of the rope. The second thing we need to do is to commit to sacrifice. Real relationship takes real sacrifice. When Jesus drew in the disciples, all of them left everything they were doing to come and follow him. Basically a stranger at that point. But there was something about Jesus that they were like, all right. And they left everything. They left They left their boats. They left their fish probably. They left their livelihood. They left their families. And they came after Jesus to follow him. John 15, 12 says, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Laying down your life takes sacrifice. But we have to learn to be there for one another. When somebody is struggling, we lay down our own struggles to go and be with somebody. We lay down our time to go and spend time with them. We make them the priority in this and say, you know what? I'm going to be with you. It takes commitment and it takes sacrifice. And we have to be willing to make some sacrifices in life. For anybody who has a marriage, you understand it takes sacrifice. If you have children, you understand even greater. It takes sacrifice. There's things that we need to give up, but what are you willing to give up in relationship for, to have somebody draw close to you? Because we're not going to have these great and deep relationship and connection with people if we're not willing to give something up to be in relationship with them. And this is why a lot of people leave relationship is because they feel like it's one-sided. Well, you never give anything for me. You never sacrifice for me. We continue to lead by sacrificing ahead of time and saying, you know what? It's worth it to me to have relationship with you, to stay with you. It takes sacrifice. Number three is commit to staying through disappointment. This is a fun one. People around you are going to disappoint you. Even the people that are closest to you will disappoint you. And it's not their job to be perfect and to meet every need of yours. You already have a perfect one that meets every need of yours. But we are still in this together and we still need each other. But if we cling on only to that person to satisfy all of those needs, then we're always going to come up short. They're always going to come up short. There's going to be disappointment in your life. Jesus had disappointment in his life. You know, there's a time where he's going and he's in the garden and it's right before his death. He knows what's happening. And he takes his three closest people with him, Peter, James, and John. And he says, come, I need you. I need you guys with me in my corner during this time. I need you to have my back. I need you to stay here and and watch out for me. I'm going to go to the Father, but I need you with me. See, they couldn't do it for him, but he needed them to be with him in the process. There's going to be things that only you can go through. And only between you and Jesus will you actually get what you need. But you need people alongside you to be with you. If you're struggling in your marriage, you have to be the one to go through it. But to have a friend right next to you to be beside you saying, I know you can do this. And I'm encouraging you to keep pressing forward and have the hard conversations. So Jesus takes his three closest disciples with him and he says, watch out. Stay watch for me. Just keep watch. I'm going to go pray, and then I'll be back. And he goes before the father, and he says, Father, if there's any other way, show me, but not my will. Yours be done. Darkest time, hardest time, all the weight of the world on his shoulders in this moment. He comes back. Matthew 26, verse 40. Then he returned to the disciples, and he found them asleep. Are you kidding me? He finds them all sleeping. Now Jesus addresses his disappointment here, and he said to Peter, I love how he calls out Peter in this, he says, Peter, couldn't you watch with me for one hour? Come on. I've been dragging you along this whole journey. Can't you just be there for me once? Maybe that's a little more extreme, but Jesus was disappointed in this moment. Couldn't you just be there for me? I needed you. And then they get all pumped up. We got you. We got you. We'll do this. We'll do this. Prayer circle. Come on, prayer circle. Fire, come down. Fire, fall from heaven. And then he goes out and he prays again and says the same thing to the father. And he comes back and then they're out. (laughs) Again. Happens three times. If somebody disappointed you three times in one night, how many of you would cut ties? Done. Deuces, gooses, I'm out. I can't handle this. But Jesus stays with them. This is what he does. He addresses his disappointment, but he doesn't abort the relationship. Listen, we are called to address our disappointment in relationship. We can't just be passive and just pretend like nothing happened. We have to be bold and we have to be strong in relationship with each other and share real feelings and it takes vulnerability. We have to be honest, man, that hurt. I needed you in this space and it hurt that you weren't there. But I love you and I believe in you and I still want you to be by my side, but come on, step it up. Help me. We have to be honest with our feelings. This is another thing that we do is we are too afraid to be honest with our feelings that we just slowly distance ourselves. Pretend it doesn't happen or didn't happen. No, no, no. We draw near. We draw closer. And we say, you know what? It did hurt, but I love you. And I still want to be in relationship with you. Jesus could have taken up offense on this and just been so mad and so angry and, and casted them off to the side. There's many times Jesus could have taken offense. But he chose to forgive. Listen, there's going to be opportunities for you to get offended. And to stand up and be like, no, 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 no. That's not going to happen to me again. And then we put up a wall. We say, you hurt me. And I'm going to be mad at you. And then we just live our life being bitter at other people. And it's like we're drinking the poison and hoping that they die. But it's hurting yourself. When we walk around in bitterness and pain, and built up anxiety that we never communicated to anybody. It only hurts ourselves. So we don't take offense. We press through disappointment, and we stay in relationship with the people around us. And then the fourth thing that we do is we're quick to forgive. Colossians 3.13 says, again, make allowance for each other's faults and Forgive anyone who offends you. Anyone. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. When we are reminded about how much God has forgiven us, I think it opens our eyes a little bit more to be like, okay, I can forgive. How many times have you let God down? How many times have, has, have you been pressing into God and then just ran away? But God doesn't get offended at you. is isn't like, hey, He had praise 17 more times before you come to me and keep begging and pleading. No, no, no. He says, I'm right here. We need to be quick to forgive the people around us that hurt us and not take offense. Disciples asked Jesus, how many times should we forgive? Seven? They're like, trying to pick a big number, seven. (laughs) Jesus' like, yeah, seven times seventy per day. 490 times for that one little offense. You need to keep on forgiving and continue to forgive. Peter denies Jesus three times in one night. Jesus forgives them all. And he continues to believe in Peter. We need to continue to forgive one another and press into our relationships together. Say, you know, you did hurt me. And again, it's not to be passive and say they didn't hurt you. We communicate our feelings and we're honest with one another. But we're not building an offense we're still pressing towards Jesus as he pulls us closer together in relationship and we work the things out. We need to get good at working things out together, having conflict. Too many of us are afraid of conflict, so we just avoid it and find another friend. That's ridiculous. We need to own our mistakes and go and repent to one another and forgive one another and let it draw us closer together. And the last thing that we need to do is we help each other hang on. You want to draw people near to you as we draw near to Christ, and you encourage them to hang on. See, Paul says this, follow me as I follow Christ. He's pressing into Christ, and he's drawing people in in the process, but he doesn't let go of Christ at all, yet he draws other people in. We have to get good at drawing people close and encouraging them and building them up. You need people around you who will build you up, who will fight for you, who will encourage your purpose in destiny in life, who believe in you, who say, No, 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 that's not who you are. This is who you are, this is who you're becoming. We see the potential in other people. When Jesus named Peter, Peter, Peter means rock. In that moment, Peter was not a rock, he was the wavering one back and forth. Even right after that, he goes, get behind me, Satan, to Peter. He still made mistakes, but he called him who he was becoming. You are becoming the rock, the person I'm going to build my church on. This is how we need to treat each other, that we call out the potential in one another and say, this is who you're becoming. That's not who you are. We don't treat each other from the past or even the present, but the future, where they're headed. And we draw people in on the journey. Come on, we need a church united together saying, I'm willing to go out there and to reach more people and draw them near. Now, we have another example here I want us to look at. Now, imagine this. You have the rope at the beginning, and we're in each relationship. We're pursuing God wholeheartedly. But what if God was right here? He was center, or Jesus was center of your life. And then, (laughs) come on, get it there. Come on, guys, grab that rope. Young people, come on over here. Come grab a rope. What if this is how we did relationship? And each person grabbed a piece of the rope and hung on together as God began to draw us. Go ahead. Just start pulling. Just start pulling. Let's get them. You guys are going to have to move with me. Come on. Now, Jesus leads And we all team up together, and we become a united front, and we're saying, you know what? We are better when we're together, so we're all going to be moving towards our relationship with Jesus. And look how close and tight we get. Come on with me, guys. Just drag them that way. Just pull them. Yes. See, look at this. This is Unite Church. This is what we are made for. This is the body of Christ coming together and saying, you know what? We're all pursuing Jesus together, and I'm going to encourage you to hang on, and I want you to be in relationship with me. And then we move together as one. Come on, this is what we're made for. This is real relationship. And none of these people let go. But look, they bump into each other. They make mistakes, and they talk about it, and they work through it but they stay together in the process. Let's give them a round of applause here. Thank you guys for joining in. God is calling us to come together. He's calling us to be in relationship with other people and that we need each other and that we will see the benefits of how much better we are when we actually start working together. And yes, it gets messy. And yes, people are going to bump around and say things that are offensive. And some people are just bold in their personality. I mean, look at Peter. He said things. I'm kind of throwing Peter under the bus today. But he said some things where you're like, really, Peter? Cut off a guy's ear? Really, Peter? But Jesus stayed in relationship with him and continued to challenge him and encourage him in the process. We need to be open enough and loving enough to challenge each other and say, you know what? The way that you're treating your, your wife, that's not Okay. I think you need to speak kinder to her. You're not very gentle in your approach. Hey, when you're talking to other people, you're kind of pointing the finger a lot. Why don't you look inside a little bit? Right, we need a real friend that will come up and say, hey man, it actually isn't all of them, it's you. I need a friend like that because they're going to love me. I know they're going to love me in the process, but we have to be willing to get in there and get into the mess and say, you know what, it's worth it in the end because we're going to be a united front coming together, pursuing Jesus with our whole heart and impacting the kingdom of heaven. As we move like this, then we draw more people in because who doesn't want to be in a big circle like that that is all together, united together, pushing towards Jesus? Who doesn't want to be connected to that? Come on, this needs to be our life that we pursue him with our whole hearts. But if Jesus doesn't be center of every relationship, that will never work. It will always be a tug of war. It'll always be, what can I get from you? Or you're asking it too much for me. Or I just can't handle that. And then we cut ties. We sever the relationship. Or we just kind of blow up the relationship. Well, guys, we gotta learn to let the walls come down that we fix our eyes and our security is on Jesus. He is my identity. I am strong and courageous in him. And I bring that into relationship and say, come follow me as I follow Christ. Will you close your eyes with me? If there's anybody in church today and you say, I have not made Jesus center of my life, the center of my relationships, you're starting to see the mess around that it's making and you're saying you know i need to come to you today jesus and you want to surrender your life to him if there's anybody in this room you've never made jesus lord center of your life and you want to today would you simply just raise your hand so i can pray with you all eyes are closed anybody here just raise your hand i see you praise god anybody else saying jesus i need you to be lord I've been Lord and I need you to be Lord. Anybody else? Praise God. Well, let's pray together. Will you pray with me? Let's say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender to you. Be the center of my relationships and the center of my life. Forgive me of my sins and help me to press into you every day of my life. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at UniteChurchAK.org. We hope to see you soon.